Nuclear fusion makes the stars. If you receive warning of an enemy attack, Poetry Night rings through. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Hope you guys don't mind. You can take a break. Because we are going to have the feature before the intermission. Because the timing just feels right. So, you'll be starting off our second set. Thank you. Tom Davis, T-H-O-M, was born on a South Pacific island. He was raised by dingoes. And instead of mother's milk, he drank coconut milk. He used the coconut hairs, grind them down finely, and pressed them between two rocks to create his first piece of paper, on which he scribed... The note found in his pocket in case his body was found dead. Tonight he's going to grace us with that note. <laughs> I'm making all this up. Um, he drives a truck. He likes fire, bacon, barbecuing. He lives next to a train. He doesn't mind. He has a great sense of humor. He uh, has great friends. Yeah. <laughs> and he is an artist. He is an artist. He takes photographs and then he alters them in wild and witching ways. They're really cool to look at. You should go back on the back table and look at his art. And it's hanging all over his house. It's really awesome. And he's put those on his chapbook covers, so check those out. His middle name is Anthony. Put it together for Thomas Anthony Davis. Our feature. Uh, howdy, everybody. Uh, I'm so I'm here hawking my two score and a few more uh, chapbook, which is the National Poetry Writing Month, right? April. So this is April 2014. I did the whole 30-day thing, but I'm gonna. I have other chapbooks that I'm. Talking too. Um, there's this one. It's called Alchemical Ingredients back there. I had uh, these printed down at a print shop, so they're a little more expensive, but they're chock full of artwork. Um, 
on the opposite side of every poem page, you'll find a, a piece of art also. So, <clears throat> yeah. And then I've got my original one up there, too. So uh, I'm just going to kind of read from all of these chat books, and I've got a few other brand new poems that I'm going to read, too. I just got done finishing a sonnet today that I'm going to read. But first off, I am going to start off with uh, my Day 30 last poem of the National Poetry Month. So I wrote a, uh, a haiku for, like, the last one, but then I put um, my favorite lines from all of the 30 poems that I had written um, into one poem. And it turned out pretty cool. Um, so this is it. And then you can listen for some of the lines as I read some of the poems from um, the 30 Days. Last poem. Massive we were. You will not discuss with me such things you find superfluous. Work is like that. The selling out is now the sacrifice, and deja vu begins its runaround. They are weaving wonderful spells. When done, the weight of the defense is heavy, barren of no love but ours. The moon brings me love. There is no moon day. My love and I are planets, and wet with morning dew. The patient hand is directed by my lover, just like what happened at a sunset when the brain wants to shut down. What chance is there to stop a hurricane? Sometimes there is not. I think the sun is better for my brain, and I am made of earth, flowing from the heaven's peaks. I shifted where I was again, annoyed. Tomorrow is another day because my words give it life from nothingness. Them and you and me and land and sky and sea. And for our part, we all misunderstand in the searing heat of midsummer on a wonderful night. Time is not easy. Space is harsh and cold. Her smile returns. And I am done. Thanks. All right, this is a brand spanking new. I started writing it last night and finished it today when I got home from work. Sonnet. They're never um, titled, generally. Um, and thanks, Rebel, for reading the Shakespearean sonnets. Uh, iambic pentameter in Shakespeare's language is hard to read sometimes. Um, but when I do my sonnets, I kind of use our language and, you know, go with the iambic pentameter. So it's really just, it's, it's really a meter of how we speak, really. When you talk, you do that up and down sort of talking motion thing. So, you know, you just kind of write a sentence and then you split it out and you look for your, look for your rhymes. There was a new beginning in the end of all there ever was that was before the end that came. There's no way to defend from magma slowly rising from the core. Old instruments, though they were few, they told a tale of measurements tried and true, honed from years of knowing what would unfold when we found out what they already knew. So science said to move away or die a crushing, suffocating, fiery death. And half the population did and tried persuading those who seemed to act quite deaf. 
When the end came, when then the end came when the caldera blew and half of what once was began anew. Huh? Oh, did he? Oh, I'm standing. Woo! Okay, if I stand back now, okay. I do. I I I yell outside. Uh, so. Other form poetry that I like, and it's written in iambic pentameter as well, is rubeas, which are basically, you know, it's uh, the um, sonnet is an A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, you know, kind of rhyme scheme like that. These go A, A, B, A. Um, and I found that you can really turn a rubea into a limerick real easy if you rhyme in that third line uh, a couple times. So... This is a new one. I haven't read this one before. I had it saved uh, for doing it at a kitchen session, but I, I didn't. Um, I call it Questions, a rubiot. Do you drink beer old in the morning flat? Do you often argue or talk with cats? Is a dollar more important than time? When does one person own too many hats? Is rhythm more important than the rhyme? What if you put coconut in the lime? Will enough really ever be enough? Do you consider mime an act of crime? Is moonlight best observed when in the buff? What causes empty space to fill with stuff? Won't everyone win if there is no race? When you're having sex, do you like it rough? How much mass can a fart force into space? Would you punch a silverback in the face? How could you know your roommate's not a spy? Would you take the cash or what's in the case? When's an eye ever really worth an eye? Is it a fault if all you do is try? What worth is it to worry about all that? Is the worst question to ask why ask why? Questions? Uh, okay, I'm going to go back to uh, April. <clears throat> Day three. I've read this one here before. He began his... Oh, I call it climbing. Climbing. He began his climb... On a thick, foggy morning, early before the dawn, work is like that. Those who were with him might have been waiting. He didn't know. The first rung was the easiest because he wasn't yet lifting himself. He still had his feet firmly on the ground. That was a long time ago. How many rungs? That's a long forgotten number. But he remembers that foggy morning and the beginning of his climb as much as anything else. At least he thinks he remembers. One thing he knows, this is one long-ass ladder. He stopped for a short rest. He began to doubt there really was a top. Frustrated, he bit the rung in front of him, <clears throat> gnawing it with his teeth. But with his respite, he regained his faith and kept up with his climb, once again,
believing he'd find the end and, and realize the joy of getting out of the fog and seeing the sun for the very first time. So rung after rung, he continued his climb, seeking a light he had never seen. Rung after rung, believing that what he was doing was the way. Rung after rung, until the tooth-marked rung returned. He stopped climbing, and that's when the fog began to clear. Oh, I kind of like this one, too. Uh, so in April, I was writing a lot, kind of, you know, you try and find inspiration for something. So I live with two cats. Um, there's a little bit of this in there, uh, a little bit of cats. And I think at the time, I was I was reading H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. And so there was a lot of, in his uh, The Cats of Ulthar and a couple of other of his stories, he kind of, cats play a predominant role, and they're intelligent and, and aidful to the human in trouble and stuff. So um, it gave me a kind of a idea that my cats, you know, kind of watch over me while I'm sleeping and chase the bad spirits away or keep my soul attached to me by playing with it so it doesn't wander off. <laughs> So I use that theme in a few of them. I think I, you know, touch on that in this one. But uh, I call this one Rituals. Day six. The sunlight is breaking on the horizon. The 550 train has just rolled by. I roll to the right, spinning clockwise, and right myself from the horizontal. Thoughts thrash through my still-returning mind. Oh, my fuck, it's cold. Holy stinking crap, I have to pee. Shit waffles, I need coffee. Maybe not in that order, but they are the orders of the day, the first of many to follow. So the vertical me moves, beginning the circle again, setting things in motion, avoiding things in motion, like my two cats on my way to the bathroom. They're weaving wondrous spells between my legs, but they stand guard every night over my mostly dead corpse and keep my soul safe from harm. Yet each morning... They attempt to kill me and try to make it look like an accident. <laughs> it's one of their rituals, one of the few I am aware. We all have our morning rituals. One of mine is the dreamy march to the altar amid my kitchen, where I weave my morning spells by mixing the water of life with the fire in the bean, coaxing out the sunshine trapped within, breathing in the aroma of love, taking in the power of the world, dancing merrily with goats and traveling high into the mountains with mules, exploring new places every day, every morning, for at least one cup. It's the fuel for my gas tank so I can roll along across the day with the sun and the trains and the trucks and the cars and the rules and the regulations, the wants and the needs, the hopes and the desires, everyone conducting their own rituals, everyone casting their own spells, weaving always between the woven spells of others, moving along with the sun towards their end, moving towards their soft tombs, protected in the night by their stalwart guardians of tooth and claw, where they will mostly die in comfort, empty of fuel, seeking the wisdom in their dreams, dreaming of their past, their present, and their future. Some of them, perhaps like me, even dreaming of coffee. Thank you. All right.
I'm going to roll into some more sonnets. I've, this is going to be my next chapbook. Old-timey, rhymey stuff. Ye old, ye old-timey, rhymey stuff. Uh, sonnets. Um, yeah, let's go with lovers. The Embrace. So you have titled all of them in this book now. So these sonnets have titles. Ones I read. The Embrace. Engulfed in candlelight, lovers embrace, clenching in an effort to mend their souls. Joined hearts racing, trying to keep the pace with an eternal force, lacking controls. Higher and closer, their souls keep dancing, together in their own shared ecstasy. Warm skin on skin, the passion enhancing, raising yet again the intensity. Grasping for infinity as one, their souls break through the barrier of time. New joy found in eternity has come. The two as one now share in what's divine. Mend me, my love, with your divinity. Dance with my soul for all eternity. Oh, look, this one's on the next page. The Lunatic. Eternally, every evening turning, teasing and tempting us to twist our heads, her light is a brilliant bonfire burning, warming not body, but hearts instead. She smiles most when closest to the fire without the fear of ever getting burned. Her fullness is voluptuous desire, the love of men reflected and returned. So there was never any chance for me, for when a goddess calls, you hasten quick, Consider me a long-lost casualty of Moonlight's many mighty magic tricks. So there's not, you could ask, that I could deny when her moonlight's reflecting in your eyes. That's for Shell. I wrote that one for Shell. Here's one I wrote for the coffee girls that sold me my coffee in the morning. I call it Coffee Girl. I wrote this one a long time ago. Um... Back when I was still writing sonnets on the uh, the boxes at work, when I was a uh, carpet pad delivery guy and warehouse worker, it was nice. I mean, you'd just sit around dragging carpet pattern, thinking about you know the next line for your sonnet, and then go write it down on the you know box pallet thing that you were writing them on. Yeah, give money. It's always a good thing. Coffee girl. <clears throat> Radiant energy enchants my eyes, wearily waking, looking towards the east. They see new days, rejuvenated skies, warming, illuminating light, released. A glorious union, the earth and sun, together, forever, his light provides the energy she shares with everyone, the birds and bees and coffee trees besides. Harvested of earth, the coffee bean is compact solar energy that's brewed to isolate and concentrate caffeine with which we find our energy renewed. Caffeine merely wakes my body and tries to match how your beauty does energize. All right, I'll do one more and then I'll switch up and read something else. Um, oh yeah, okay, black blood, black blood. Darkness was my downfall, falling faster. 
The sun's a demon now I dare not see. When the darkness in my soul is master, I'm up all night. Delight awakens me. Darkness was my downfall, rising higher as my routine altered outside daylight. For when in the throes of dark desire, the succubus sweet offer is so right. Thank you. Darkness was my downfall, never knowing when first I let it pass my virgin lips, that this brew would become so controlling, never needing, ever needing 10,000 more dark sips. How do I know I can't the darkness stop? Just cut me and I'll bleed one thick black drop. Huh? Which one do you want? <laughs> uh, and, and, well, okay. uh, this is a new one I haven't read before. This is that one, the, this is the kind of climate change one, I guess. There was a change in the weather, the kind that lasted a few years. Everyone felt it in their bones as if a volcano had blown, its hot, ejected mass blotting out the sun, freezing the planet, scarring the surface, rerouting rivers, changing creation, ending the journey for some, providing purpose for others. A change will do you good, they say, as an excuse. Always an excuse, a need to justify. They say a lot of things. We listen, but don't act. And that bugs them to no end. An end they try to justify. Any end will do, they say. But they can't end the weather because the weather ever changes on and on. And they don't or won't. But we listen one sense alone, as if nothing smells fishy or leaves a bad taste in the mouth, as far as we can see, yet something's out of touch. What do we feel? I know I feel numb, frozen. Hmm. Are we freezing the planet? Scarring the surface? Rerouting rivers? Changing creation? Ending the journey for some? Providing purpose for others? A change will do us good. Little change in the ever or in the weather, if there ever was. And I'm st I'm stumbling on some. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, hey, do you guys want to hear an elemental poem? All right, which do you remember? Which one? Helium. No, I got I got earth or air, fire and water. Fire. You like fire? Okay, fire. Um, page is fire on. 18. Page 18. Look, I even have a table of contents in these books if you're interested in um, looking them up. So how's everybody doing tonight? Doing good? Great. Fire. I am the disco inferno. A danger to everything I touch. I am the passion in the poet's pen and the gleam of you in your parents' young eyes. I am the power of change. My energy excites, but I am a fickle friend, for I can be a fiend. My fury is a beast of heat when unleash, unleashed, scorching all the land. I am the caffeine in your coffee, the fuel in your gas tank, the spark of your life. I am a beacon in the night. I make the weather for better 
or for worse. I am a bit of the Big Bang. Before that, I was dreaming. I am the rainbow's end. Your ancestors worshipped me and cursed me. I see everything watching you at night in the mirror of the moon. Someday, I will destroy you. But for now, I'll love you. Fire. Uh, Speaking of fire, here's one that I call that spark. Let's build a fire, you and I. I've got some wood. We can ignite it with that spark of lust and kindle it with passion's breath of life. A big, bright, blazing, burning bush where we can talk to God and tell her that what she desires is good. We're pretty sure. We may have to build another fire just to check. Make sure we're sure. We're so hot. I believe we've got more wood and that spark to set it on fire. All right, we'll cool the fire off with the water. I am the Mickey Mouse molecule, a necessity of life and a bringer of death. I am the blood of everything. I carry the rainbow within my diamond heart. I can jump into the sky and hide in the atmosphere, surfing my way to distant lands. I am the level everything seeks. Around and around, I reign supreme. I can crack apart mountains and move them where I want. I pass through you, maybe once or twice a day. I am in your heart and in your breath. You lived in me before you were born, and you'll dissolve back into me when you die. I am only so much, though, and I am very old. I partied with your ancestors a lot. Needless to say, I have been around. I have passed through everything more times than I can remember. You should think about that. Um, is this an air? Yeah, this is an air one. Uh, this was also, I put this one in the, the alchemical ingredients, but this one I also wrote in April. So this is kind of a crossover, but uh, I call it Between the Moonbeams. We slide between the moonbeams, calling on stealth to take us there. It's our way to the secret places that are now the lonely spots, barren of no love but ours, exposed to time's rot and slowly eroding away. We try to keep them nice until the day you might return. We remember the life of the place, the young lords and ladies. We waited. We watched. We were in wonder at the intensity. The noises were music, every one a different wind instrument. The feet and hands and hips kept a strange rhythm. And we danced to your love, but no more. The secret places are ours again, and we keep them between the moonbeams at the edge of night and day until you learn to love again. And, okay, then Earth. Uh, let's see. I want to read this one because I kind of like this one. Unbound. This was a new one that I wrote for this book, so I kind of like it. Unbound. Yeah. Leather straps untangle, walking into the woods as they are caught in the low-down tree limbs and snatching underbrush. 
They are tugged at by flitting birds and small animals with an eye for such things. And when the last bond is carried away in the antlers of the stag, one walks unbound again, and one can see the things that matter, the forest through the trees, the love in the world, the suffering, the nature of things. Thank you. Oh, yeah? Okay. Okay, I can do that. Um, where's it? 23? Right here, too. Thought and memory. Another sonnet. I write sonnets. It's the first form poem that I conquered, and it's just easy after that. Dawn is breaking. Two ravens rise from roost within the dark forest and misty dreams of night. Let me start over. Dawn is breaking. Two ravens rise from roost within the dark forest and misty dreams of night. From Douglas fir and northern spruce they fly with cries drying nocturnal streams. One flies forward into the future times the other back to where what once has been, soaring in flight, they're known to no confines, and see within darkness where shadows blend. Round their earth they circle every day, traveling till the threat of falling night, when they'll return to where they roost and stay and speak of all that passed within their sight. We sink into the forest in the end, with thought and memory, all dreams begin. All right, and then I'm going to try another one. Let's see. There was one that I wrote that's got ravens in it, too. I read it there. I still, you know, I write the the four quatrains, and then sometimes I'll play around with different um, different couplets at the end. So this one, I kind of like the four quatrains, but I'm having, you know, I, I kind of like the couplet. But I'm not apologizing for it. I'm just saying that it's a work in progress. The owls and the ravens meet one time a year in an unkindly parliament to discuss in feathered pantomime light and darkness's reapportionment. More, more, the ravens caw-caw call, breaking the silence at the edge of night and day. The owls just sit, silently staring at the ravens. Who, who, they finally say. With nothing settled once again, they leave their meeting place in massive flight of wing and force, which ripples through as we perceive darkness and daylight waning and waxing. Combining wisdom and intelligence makes mythological significance. Okay, this was a good one. I like this one. This is a kind of a road trip one. Let's see how I'm doing. 14. I'm almost at a half an hour. Well, I'm at a half an hour now, so maybe I'll finish off with a road trip one, uh, and then this one at the end, and then maybe another one. I just could keep on talking. Um, I took my watch off for two weeks and lived, 
I measured the time in the miles from where I was before. I measured the time with the rise and fall of the color in my hennaed hands. I measured the time by the movement of the Milky Way across the desert sky. I measured the time by the number of logs I added to the warming fire. I measured the time by the formation of friendly faces in the clouds. I measured the time by the laughter of the ravens in the rain. I measured the time by the frames in the movie made by the sweep of my wiper's blades. I measured the time by the coffee cup, each one giving me a quantum boost. I measured the time relative to my frame of reference, relevant to me. I measured the time by the tick, tick, tick of the rocks in my tires upon the road less traveled, free of any binding bonds and traveling without bounds. I took my watch off for two weeks and lived a different way. We move our cars through space and time to destinations of our choice and some still unknown. They are the cells we move into to enter the life stream of the city, of the state, of the economy. They are our cells of life and our cells of death. We go with the flow. We are oxygen on the move, part of the chemical reaction, part of the problem, part of the solution, or the precipitate, clogging the arterials, slowing me down, and taking my parking places. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to finish off with a few shorty kind of ones out of here. Uh, I was writing Rubeas a lot, Rubeas a lot in here. So I've got a few couple that I like. Um, they're just short, short little quatrains. What do we know of love's strange circumstance? Where do dreamers go in their nightly dance? Are there some question or are there some answers we will never know or just some questions we've not yet advanced? They're kind of like that. They kind of have the, you know, story or lesson-y sort of thing. Uh, here's another one. There are former fighters who have battled more than I and have had their bones rattled by worse than bludgeon, blade, or charge of lance. They speak of love. We call them addled. Um, there was a good one over here. Oh, this is a, this is a good one. Yeah. Please stop and smell the roses as you go, the ones with something in their scent to sow, because on the day the shit hits the fan, you'll have the scent of roses that you'll know. <laughs> there was another one. Yeah, here's a kind of a sciencey one. A sinusoidal wave moves up and down. We're out of sync, but to each other bound. Them and you and me and land, sky and sea, just points on a circle rolling around. It's true, you know, you can make a sinusoidal wave, but, you know, you put a point on a circle and you roll it around, it makes, it makes the wave form. Yeah. 
The helium one? Okay, here's one. Two hydrogen become a helium fused fast within the furnace of the sun. It's no surprise the sun makes laughing gas the way it coaxes smiles from everyone. Ah, this one. Okay, good morning. I like this one. And then, and then probably I'll call it quits. Probably. A good morning comes after work and sweat, hauling the wood in and out to keep warm. A good workout need not begin at a gym. It's doing things the old-fashioned way, over and over under the cover of early morning. A good morning begins after a long, slow workout. A good morning begins the old-fashioned way. Getting her done, right? Getting all the muscles to tense up and release. Tense and release. Tense and release. A good morning is a lazy morning. One that lingers into noon. Lying low in and out of sleep's tunnels. Exercising the old-fashioned way over and over under the covers. Hearts racing and bodies moving. Sweaty. Lusty birds serenading our work, whistling for us as we do it, because we're too out of breath and our lips are too busy doing other things. They're tangled like our limbs and wet with morning dew. A good morning comes after a wrestling match, one where everybody wins. Yes, I'll say it again. A good morning comes after work and sweat. Good morning. Like, is the apocalypse happening already? Like, is the apocalypse happening already? Constantly make really weird, suggestive, suggestive things, things about how you're aroused by jellyfish. Aroused by jellyfish. So poetry. Let's get back to that.